praise you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we thank you that you're in charge. Lord, we thank you that you have everything under control. At a time when it seems like chaos around us, Lord, you're still in charge and you have everything under control. Lord, just help us to keep our eyes on you. Lord, we don't get distracted by all the things going on around us. But Lord, we keep our eyes on you because you are our king. You're the one that we look to. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Two weeks ago, we, we talked about the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples. And uh, we before that, I, I mentioned that Jesus, one of Jesus' last words were, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you so that we could be witnesses. That God's purpose for us is to be witnesses in the world around us. And the good news is, He equips us to do it. He doesn't send us out there on our own to try to figure it out. Sometimes we do that. We try to use our own abilities and things God has given us a lot of times, our intellect, and we try to figure things out. But I believe that there's a lot of things that God has us do that he gifts to us, gives gifts to us to help us to do it. And one of the things we're going to look at this week is the gifts that God gives us. And next week, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit also wants us to bear fruit, that we are to bear his fruit. And so the Holy Spirit, when he comes into our lives, he's there to equip us and he's there to help us to be more like Jesus. So today I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, the first verse. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love. That's not always obvious, or I guess maybe it seems obvious, but, you know, we're to, we're to pursue love. We're to go after love. And then it says we're to desire spiritual gifts. So that's to be a desire we have, a desire. We should want the gifts that God has for us. You know, I always say that, you know, they're gifts. They're given to us. Now, you know, you give a gift to somebody, and unless they receive it, it doesn't do them any good. And the same thing with God's gifts. As God gives gifts, then it's up to us to receive them, to receive his gifts, desire his gifts, and to receive his gifts. What are they? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, the gifts we're going to look at today. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. God gives, gives his Spirit to us to profit one another. As says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So there's various gifts. Now, I'm not going to do an in-depth study today. I'm going to talk about all the gifts that are listed here. It's not in-depth, but I want us to just be aware that God has gifts for us so that we can function and do what he calls us to do. And it says they are given, at the end there it says, 
The same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. It's the Spirit's gifting to us, and He does it as He wills, as needed, as needed. I remember when I was, this has been a long time ago, long, long time ago. Um, Let's see. Well, I don't know how long ago. Could have been 50 years ago almost. That's a pretty long time. But I remember God sent somebody to our house. And I wish I knew who this person was. You know, at the time, I don't know how he got there. I'm not sure. You know, back, back 50 years ago, there was people who were very zealous for one another to receive things from the Lord. And somebody was zealous for me, okay? And that's all I can tell you. I know somebody sent him to our house. Mary might have had part of that, but she don't remember. But, um, but anyway... This young man came and shared this scripture with me about these gifts. And I was like, wow. You know, I don't, and to this day, I, I was thinking as I prepared this message, I thought, you know, I wish I knew who he was. I wish I could, you know, thank him. Because at the time, he came to my house, shared, and left. And I don't have a name or I don't have anything. But it was God sending somebody to me to help me to see Something that I had never seen before. That God has gifts for us. You know, and that was the start. I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious how I received him. <laughs> you know, I'd be curious. I don't know. He was a stranger, came to my house. I don't know. I guess I remember he came in. He sat at the kitchen table. And uh, so I guess I received him okay. But I don't know if I was friendly. or I don't know what I was at that time or just listened. But, um, you know, God has gifts for us. And he wants us to understand that these gifts are for our good and the good of others, okay? And I had to come to the point that I, you know what I believe? I believe God is good and God's got good things for me. You know, the bottom line, I have to, I've got, okay, if God's got gifts, I trust him that it's got to be for my good. And I'm not going to fuss about it. I'm not going to get all like, no, I don't think that's, I'm just going to trust that God's got gifts and they're good for me because he's a good God. And so let's look at the gifts. The first one listed, it says, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Now, in James 1, 5, and 6, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, liberally and without reproach, and it would be given to him. But he'll ask, ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a sea of, like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Now, the Bible says that we can just ask for wisdom. And God will give it to us. God will give it to us. I believe wisdom comes in all kinds of ways. Some of us are born with a little wisdom. Some, some people just have a little more wisdom than others. Some people are lacking in wisdom. Naturally. You know, if you're lacking in wisdom, I would suggest you ask God for wisdom. You know, we could all use a little more wisdom. We can read the book of Proverbs and learn wisdom. So what's this gift of wisdom? I believe a gift of wisdom is different because a gift is something I don't do anything to deserve. It's just given to me. So why does God do that? I believe there's times in our life when you need a gift of wisdom. Beyond you. Beyond you. When you need wisdom about a situation, 
a wisdom about what to do. And let me say this about most of these gifts. They apply to us in very natural ways sometimes. If you're a parent, I would say you need all of these gifts in your life if you're raising children. And I'll, we'll, we'll kind of go on to that. You, a lot of times you need wisdom as you're raising children. And there's times when you need to gift the wisdom. When God shows you something beyond your natural ability. You know, if it's my natural ability, it's a gift that God has given me maybe naturally as I've just born that way. But this is a supernatural gift at a specific time to help you to know how to do something. How to do it. And believe me, we run into situations, I don't know about you, but as a parent, even as a parent, you run into situations that were not like when you grew up. Life's different now. You can say, well, this is how you do it because when I was a kid, well, it's not like when you were a kid. It's different. And we need wisdom. We need godly wisdom to know what to do. And then in the next one is a word of knowledge. I believe a word of knowledge is very specific. It will give you a word of knowledge about a situation. It's not wisdom how to do it, but it's knowledge about it. It'll tell you something specific. Or it could be a word that you give to someone else. A word of knowledge. You may think, well, I have a word for somebody. You know, God is going to do this. Now, please be careful. Please be careful. You make sure that God's telling you that, not just your thinking. You know, the Bible says that these gifts are subject to us. You know, uh, what we say, you know, we have control over it. So we just need to be sure. Because sometimes I want to tell people a lot of stuff. You know, I'd like to give them a lot of knowledge. I'd like to tell them what I think, you know. That's not a gift of the Spirit. That's just me. That's just me desiring to tell somebody what I think. Or maybe what I think they ought to know. That's different. A word of knowledge is God speaking a word to somebody. To somebody. Now, I believe sometimes you may do that without knowing it. You know, you don't have to get a big sign that says, okay, this is a word of knowledge. But maybe as you're talking to somebody, you may say something that's something that you had no, no idea that that was going on or what was happening. You speak to somebody and it speaks to them. Because it's a specific word of knowledge that you don't have that's a gift it's a gift that god would give us he would give us to to help us minister to one another it says for the profit of all you know it encourages us you know some a lot of times words of knowledge encourage us you know sometimes they protect us they can protect us from doing something doing something that may be harmful they can come in various ways. I see the gifts of the Spirit as very practical. I suppose it's part of my personality. I'm relatively practical in my ways and, and fairly logical, fairly logical. But uh, practical, probably very much so. So when I see the gifts of the Spirit, I see it from a very practical way. You know, God gives us these gifts to profit all, to help one another, to be witnesses, to be witnesses. So I see it kind of in a practical sort of way. I think sometimes the church has gotten away from the practical part and we started, we started to kind of spiritualize these gifts and I say sometimes the church almost used them as a, I don't know what the right word is, um, something to entertain us. 
that maybe that's that's probably one of the worst is kind of they become entertaining because you know it's like things are happening and we kind of almost we lose sight of well what was really what was the purpose of that what was god really saying what was god really doing so i think we need to be careful in that area the next one is a word of faith a word of faith supernatural faith okay now the bible says when we're born again we have a measure of faith we can't say jesus is lord except by faith so anybody that's a born again christian has faith has faith the bible says our faith can grow our faith can grow we don't just have faith but faith can grow the bible says faith grows by hearing the word of god Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, that's faith. Now, so what's a gift of faith? What's a gift of faith? Why do we need that? Well, I don't know about you, but I run into things that I need a gift of faith to really believe that I need I can do this. It's a gift of faith beyond what is natural to me. If it's my faith, then it's faith. Well, there's no, nothing wrong with that. But a gift of faith takes me beyond my faith. And sometimes, folks, we need that. Sometimes my faith goes to a limit, but sometimes God might ask us to do something that takes faith beyond what I can even believe. You know, faith to do things that I don't think I can do. So we need a gift of faith. You know, it's, it's kind of a neat thing if you think about it. You know, we, we have faith, we grow in faith, but then when we need it, God will give us a boost. It's like a booster. It's like you give us a gift of faith to do what he wants us to do. Because there's sometimes, I think for most of us, that there's things God asks us to do that if it was our faith, we might stop. We might say, well, I don't know. But when we have a gift of faith, we'll step out and do it. You know, it can be all kinds of things as, as God calls us to, to share with people and to be his witnesses. Some of us need a gift of faith to just open our mouth sometimes. To speak. To speak. To be willing to, to speak what God is saying to somebody or to share with somebody or pray with somebody. You know, a gift of faith might give us then the extra faith to do it. And so, to me, that's, you know, it's really important, especially as we look at the next couple of topics. Gifts of healings. I think they go together with gift of faith because there's times when you're going to maybe pray for somebody or believe for somebody for something that's beyond your faith. And that, that can happen. That can happen where God asks us to pray for somebody. You say, yeah, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, God will give you a gift of faith to believe for a healing for somebody. Because those are gifts too. Now, I think that, again, there's gifts. There's healing that comes by believing God and, and reading his word and comes by faith and trusting him. But gifts of healings are when God heals something or somebody and you have no idea how it happened. You know, it's a gift of healings. Now, you may say, well, then why doesn't God do that all the time and everybody just get healed? Not my department. <laughs> Not my department. You know. Our, ours is to believe and to trust, not to explain. You gotta get 
at least I had to get past that, folks. Because if you think if I pray for somebody and nothing happens, they're going to think bad of me, you'll never pray for anybody. Because you're going to be worried about, well, what are they going to think or what's going to happen? Or what if it don't work? I mean, those are all areas if you're going to believe God and trust him and pray for people, those are areas you're going to have to deal with. Otherwise, you won't do anything. You won't do anything. And so we believe God. And if we're going to step out and be what God wants us to be and be witnesses, gifts of healing. Why, why gifts of healing? It gets people's attention. It gets people's attention. Miraculous gifts of healing. It gets people to see, wow, God is real. God is real. You know, and, you know, does that mean that every time I pray for somebody, they're going to get better? Probably not. Is that God's fault? No. Is it anybody's fault? Not necessarily. But all I know is God's called us to pray for one another for healing. That's all I know. And it is not up to you and me to try to explain it. And once in a while, there's a gift of healing that God will heal people through a gift. And we, we wish it would happen all the time, every time. It doesn't. But we still trust him. We still trust him. And it's his gift. He gives it to profit all. One of the things I will share with you, if you worry about praying for people for healing, one of the best people to pray, one of the, best groups of people to pray for for healing is people who are non-believers. You know why? Because God would like to touch them and show them his love and that he's real. So never be afraid to, not, to pray for a non-believer. Because a lot of times God wants to show them. He wants to show them. And so I think as Christians, we have to realize that, you know, there's gifts of healings. There's gifts of miracles. Miracles. What's a miracle? A miracle is when God does something that I can't. You know? I can't. Okay, let me tell you this. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, and I, I'm not saying you can't say this, but it's not a miracle when you see a sunrise. People see sunrise and say, wow, what a miracle. Well, I just want you to know, it comes up every morning. Okay? Comes up every morning, goes down every night. You can call it a miracle from God, just his creation and how he puts everything in order. And I understand that. But I just want you to know that the sun getting up in the morning is not a miracle. If it doesn't come up in the morning, that's probably a miracle. Okay. So what I'm saying is there's a lot of things in nature that we say, wow, that's a miracle. Well, and I'm not going to criticize for saying it, but I just want you to understand. Those are just natural God given things he's put in place. Okay. Miracles are when. You know, the sun stands still. Or, um, you know, things happen beyond what we can do and control, out of the ordinary, that are not natural. They're miracles. They're miracles. And he wants us to give us gifts of miracles at different times, at different ways. The biggest thing is our expectation. One of the biggest things is we have to believe God and believe that he wants to do miracles and trust him that he wants to do it through you. Through you, through me. 
that he wants to do miracles. And he'll give us gifts of miracles when needed. I don't think it means we walk around and try to hand out miracles all the time. When it's needed, as necessary, as God wills, he will work miracles through us. So don't, don't not expect him to do that. Have an expectation that God would use you. God always uses the people that nobody expected. He always did. He picked, the, he picked the people that didn't seem like the obvious. So we all qualify. We all qualify. He's given us these gifts to work through us, through us, through you and me. The next one is a word of prophecy. A word of prophecy, a word from God given at a specific time for a, for a group or a person. A gift of prophecy. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14.4. If you, I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, um, and it talks about prophecy and, and, and uh, these gifts. And I just encourage you to read the whole thing. I picked out verse 3, or verse 4. No, it's verse 3, excuse me. It says, he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. He who prophesies speaks to men. And what do we speak? Edification, building people up, encouraging them. Exhortation. Exhortation is correction. Saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. And comfort. Comfort. He who prophesies speaks this to people. As necessary. And it edifies the church. Builds up the church. Prophecy comes, you know, you could, you could speak a word to somebody today. God could speak through you. It's when you say something, you go, wow, I can't believe I said that. Or when you say something, they go, oh, I needed that. You didn't know they needed that. But God speaks a word through you to somebody. Now, one of the most obvious in the church today, and it's, I, I, maybe it's to a detriment, is preaching. Let me tell you this. Not all preaching is prophecy. Very little is, in some ways, as a gift. Okay? Preaching a lot of times is preparing a message to speak a word to somebody. That's not necessarily prophecy. It could be. But I found in the midst of preaching that God can sometimes, in the midst of that, speak a specific word to a person. And I don't know it. And it speaks to somebody. That's a gift. That's different than I think, and nothing wrong, you know, I'm not against preparing, and I think we need to, and then God will use that too. But I'm saying a gift of prophecy is when you say something, and it speaks specifically to somebody, and they go, oh, man, I needed that. And I go, did I say that? I've had to, I've had to go back and listen to my sermons sometimes because I swore I never said that. You know, but somebody, and, and I'll tell you something else. This is really interesting. Sometimes I didn't say it, but somebody heard it. That's even more interesting. But what I'm saying is that it's when we have a gift that's given to speak a specific word to a person or a group. 
It's not just it's not just a general word, but it's a gift. And God does it through us. You know, that's why we have to trust him to be able to do that. That's why Jesus told his disciples, when you go, don't worry what you're going to say. See, if God tells you to go witness somebody, most of us want to go. Yeah, but what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I want to know what I'm going to say. And Jesus says, well, don't worry about what you're going to say. When you get there, I'll give it to you. Oh, my. It's kind of like it's kind of like sermons, honestly, to be on, real honest with you. I find sermons real interesting from my perspective. Very interesting. OK. I can prepare sermons. Sometimes I have all kinds of notes. Sometimes I don't have no notes. When I have lots of notes, I feel comfortable. When I have no notes, I'm nervous. Because I'm going, Lord, I hope you got something to say. You know, I hope I hope you I hope you're going to say something. You know, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of just knowing exactly what I'm going to say. I'm going to trust you that you're going to say it. And I want to just tell you, and I think it's a thing we should never get real comfortable with because I still to this to this day will say, Lord, I hope you give me what to say. You know, I hope you tell me because I want it to be your word, not mine. What we want to share is his word to those around us. So prophecy is speaking a word. Anybody can. Anybody can can speak a word to somebody. Now, you don't have to announce it. You don't have to walk up and say, hey, you know, you, don't, you, you can or you don't have to. But you don't have to say, well, God's given me a word I want to share with you. You can just say, hey, I was thinking about you. I just want to share something. You can share that. If, it's, if you want to say, you know, God told me, that's okay. But don't say God told me to, verif- to justify what you're going to say. What I found is people say God told me, and then they say all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, just be careful with, and God told me. You don't have to tell them God told you. You just say it, okay? They'll decide if it was from God or not. Okay, that's just, that's just a sideline there. Okay, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. So, so critical. Discerning, we need to know what spirits we're dealing with. Now, first of all, you've got to know you're living in a spirit world. Now, we're in a world, there's all kinds of stuff around. But I want to tell you something. The most, the most important thing and real thing around us is the spirit world around us. There's, they're all over the place. I don't know if any more nowadays. It seems like there are more nowadays. I don't know. Just my opinion. There's a lot more spirits out there to deal with. And a lot less we want to acknowledge that it's a spirit that's not from God. We need to know. We need to know what we're dealing with. What is this spirit that I'm dealing with? Behind behavior is spirits. The behavior is not the problem. It's an outcome of the spirit. What we tend to deal with is the outcome and the surface. We don't deal with the spirit behind it. One of the problems in our society today is we don't think the devil's real. We don't think spirits are real, so we don't deal with it. All we deal with is the circumstances and the outcomes and the behavior. Until you fix the spiritual problem, you're not going to change the behavior. And so what do we do about the behavior? We give them a drug. That's the world's answer. We give them a drug. We'll get them to calm down. 
Can they deal with behavior with drugs? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you get old and you're nasty in a nursing home, you think they can't quiet you down? I just want you to know that. They can. And they will. Now, you know, nobody wants to say that, but I'm just telling you, been there, seen it, done that. I haven't done it, but I've seen it. I've seen people controlled with, you know, they'll get you to quiet down. Now, does that change the inner spirit problem? No, no. It just deals with behavior, and that can happen. So what the world does is the world deals with the surface and never deals with the spiritual problem. And so as Christians, we need to know what's the spirit behind it. Why? Well, first of all, it's so you know how to pray. First and foremost, it's so you know how to pray. You discern, you know what the spirit is behind a situation. You pray about that and take authority over that spirit. We have authority as Christians. God will give us gifts. He gives us authority. We take authority over the spirit. Okay. What we usually do is get mad at the person. That's usually what we do. We get mad at the people. You take authority over the spirit behind it. So God gives us a gift of discerning of spirits so we know. It's not so we can go, hey, I know what your real problem is. That's not why he gives it to us. So we can pray and discern and know and get to the bottom of it. How important, you know, raising children, you need to know. You need to be honest about, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but your kids weren't born perfect. You know, the Bible says some spirits come from third and fourth generation. Sometimes your children just need somebody to pray over them for the spirits that are holding them in bondage. You know, we'll have a lot more answers than we will with a lot of other ways we're attacking these situations and finding no results at all. So, you know, God's given the church and you and me the gift of discerning of spirits. The next one is speaking in tongues. And I want to tell you, Jeff did not know what I was what I was preaching about today when he picked out oh for a thousand tongues to sing. I was, I was sitting there and it kind of caught me by surprise and I'm saying, I got, oh, huh. And you know, I had a, this has nothing to do with what I was going to say, but I want to share this with you. Now, this is just me. Here's an insight I think I got today. When we get to heaven and we sit around the throne and we sing, I thought everybody was singing English. I did. Well, didn't you? I mean, I thought, well, all the words are in English. I thought when we, when we get to heaven, we're all going to be singing in English. And I thought about it. And I thought, oh, they're going to be singing in all kinds of languages. Isn't that neat? Yeah, but I won't understand them. It won't matter. Just, I, I just thought, wow, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. So um, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Okay, first of all, it says when you speak in a tongue. Now, this is not a message. I, I have tried to make this as clear as I can. There's a message in tongues with interpretation. and There's speaking in tongues. It says when he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. That is between you and God. Worship, prayer, it's between you and God. It says, because no one understands him. No one understands. Because it's in an unknown language. 
However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. In the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, some of you probably love mysteries, but when it comes to some things, you don't like mysteries because you want to know. I want to know. I want to know what they're saying. Well, it's between them and God. It's not it's none of your business, actually. There's times when, you know, you might hear somebody, maybe, you know, somebody speak in tongues and you go, yeah, but I don't know what they're saying. Well, if you don't know, then I guess it's none of your business. It's not for you to know. It's between them and God. It's between them and God. And then he goes on and he says, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exert and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Edify, speaking in tongues builds me up. Edifies me. It's just what it says. Don't ask me how. I'm not here to explain God. I can't. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. It doesn't make sense to me. But I believe it because God gives good gifts. And if he says speaking in tongue edifies me, I don't care. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to know. I just have to trust him. It edifies me, builds me up. He who prophesies edifies the church. And then Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. But even more that you prophesy. I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. Oh, good. We don't have to, pro- we don't have to speak in tongues because Paul wishes more that we prophesy. No, he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues and even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Oh, well, I prophesy, so I'm, I'm not doing that other stuff. I prophesy. I don't think that's what he meant. I don't think that's what he meant. He says he who prophesies is better, is greater than he who speaks in tongues unless, <laughs> unless he interprets. Tongues with interpretation is just as good as prophecy. It's a word from God. Word from God. That the church may receive edification. That the church may receive. Again, I just want to tell you, either you're going to get to a point, it doesn't matter if you understand or you're going to say it doesn't make sense and I don't want nothing to do with it. That's just my opinion. It's, it's, it's like, you know, and I want you to know that the Holy Spirit isn't going to make you do something you don't want to do. So don't worry. He's not going to make you do something you don't want to do. It's a gift. You can receive it or you can say, ah, I don't want that. Okay? But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophecy, or by teaching? So sp- tongues comes, and if it's interpreted, it's the same as the word of prophecy spoken by God. Tongues. Now, let's go on to verse 13. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. If you're going to speak in tongues to the body, pray that you may interpret. So people can know what you said. Okay? If it's a, if it's a proclamation in a tongue, there needs to be interpretation. Otherwise, we go, well, what was that all about? Okay? I don't know. It kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. If, if there's a tongue, then it needs to be interpreted. And it says... 
If you do it, pray that you can interpret. Okay? Then it goes on to say, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Okay, now we're, now we're praying. Okay, now this is not public necessarily now. Now we're praying in tongues. What happens when you pray in tongues? It says, my spirit prays. My spirit. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Your spirit, your innermost being is now praying. What happens to your mind? It says, my mind now is unfruitful. Easier for some than others. But what it says is that now my mind doesn't know what my spirit is saying. Okay. So what's the conclusion? Verse 15. What's the conclusion? I will pray with the spirit. My spirit prays in tongues. And I will also pray with the understanding. I will pray in English. I'll know what I'm saying. So it says I can pray and not know what I'm saying in the spirit and I can pray and know what I'm with the understanding. I can pray either way. It says I will um, I will sing with the spirit and I also will sing with the understanding. So I can sing with the spirit. I can sing with the understanding. So what's the point? What's the point of praying in the spirit if I can't understand it? Well, my spirit prays. My spirit prays. My, it's something deeper than my understanding. You know, the Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Most of us lean on our understanding. If I can't understand it, I don't want to do it. If I can't control it, I don't want to do it. It's, you know, we say, well, don't lean on your own understanding. So here's what I say. When I pray in the spirit, my spirit prays and God knows. And it's a communication with him that's beyond my understanding. And I trust him. I trust him. There's times the Bible says when you don't know how to pray. You, you know, do you ever get to a point you don't know how to pray? Did you ever hit a situation where you don't know how to pray? The Bible says that your spirit can pray. Or it says you can even groan. Did you ever get to that point when you just couldn't even say anything? You kind of just groan? That God understands. God understands. It's a gift. It's a gift. And we trust him. We trust him. It's for our good. Verse 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three at the most, each in turn, and let one interpret. If there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church. Let him speak to himself and to, and to God. Interpretation. Tongues, if it's a message, it needs to be interpreted because otherwise it doesn't mean a thing. Now, if it's between you and God, that's one thing. But if it's a message, it needs to be interpreted. Otherwise, what good is it? You know, sometimes we say, well, in the practical thing, if you go to a foreign country and you, know, you speak a language, you have to have an interpreter. Well, that's true. And, and we need that. But this is talking about a message that is from your spirit. And it needs to be interpreted so people can know what's being said. So we know. So it can edify the body. So it can edify us. Help us. So there's nothing. There's nothing. I mean, sometimes I know in the church what has happened in the church. Let me say this. What's happened in the church. There gets to be abuses with these gifts. 
And so what the church t- tends to do is say, well, we're just going to cut that out. You know, we're just going to stop that. It gets out of control. Instead of dealing with it, in the, in the church at Corinthians, it was out of control there. And Paul said, he didn't say stop. He said, get it under control. He said, two or three, and don't, not everybody, you know, not everybody. He says, everything should be done in order, decently in order. That's all. Don't, don't say don't do it. He said, just do it decently in order. And so that tends to be what, what's happened in the church. So gifts given by God. First of all, you got to determine that God is good. And a good God has good gifts for you. And you can trust him. You can trust him. That, to me, that was the bottom line. I can trust him. And I think you also have to get to the point where you don't have to figure it out. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts aren't your thoughts. Actually, the Bible says his are much higher. So why do I keep trying to understand? I try to understand a God who's bigger than me. And I try to bring him down to my level so I can understand him. That's kind of crazy. But that's what we do. That's what we do. We take a God who is so much bigger than us. We try to bring him down to our level instead of us accepting who he is and accepting his word and what he says and just trust him. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your gifts. Lord, help us to desire spiritual gifts. Help us to trust you. Trust you, Lord. You work through us and you'll give us the gifts we need to share your word, to be your witnesses wherever we go. Lord, I pray if anyone has a need for prayer this morning, Lord, whatever, whatever that might be, if they'd like prayer for receiving your gifts or whatever it might be, maybe salvation, maybe they, they don't know you. Lord, I pray that you just encourage them to come up and let our prayer team pray for them up front right when I'm done. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. Bless us now, Lord, as we go on our way. Help us to be faithful to you and witnesses for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We don't take up chairs.